Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, championing the unsung heroes of business, accountants. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Adam Lean. Adam transitioned from accountant to a successful entrepreneur, having built and sold two businesses. He is now dedicated to guiding business owners and is the brains behind the CFO Project, a platform that trains accountants and tax professionals to offer CFO and advisory services. Through his experiences, he's discovered his true passion, guiding and equipping firm owners with the necessary tools to maximize profitability and escape the accountant's trap. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Adam Lean. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Well, first off, Adam, why do you do what you do? Oh, wow. That's, that's a good question. I mean, it, there's a couple of reasons. One is I became an accountant after college. And honestly, I didn't really like the work itself. I like the idea of being an accountant, but the work itself, the idea that you're simply recording the past uh, wasn't as interesting to me as the idea of helping the business grow, using my accounting or, or numbers knowledge, if you will, to help the business grow. And in the role I was in, they didn't really care about that or want me to do that. And I just was restless. So I started, I started my own business that had nothing to do with accounting. It was an internet business back in 2006 on the side. And that actually quickly grew. And I, I was, I was more interested in that than the accounting side. And so I quit my day job and focused full time on my business. And through that, I started joining all these other. Uh, because internet e-commerce was was a thing back in 2006, but it wasn't a thing as it is now. <laughs> so there wasn't that many resources. So I joined, I lived in Atlanta at the time, and I joined a, a, a meetup at, that met at Georgia Tech called the Atlanta Web Entrepreneurs, which is a group of, of nerds <laughs> that wanted, to, that were building something online. And so through that, I realized that all these people were building businesses, but they didn't understand the numbers. And so they started asking me questions, and I realized that that I took for granted the fact that I understood the numbers. And so I wanted to help other people improve their businesses, which is what I really what I wanted to do in my accounting job, improve the business through helping them understand the numbers. And so that's really why I do what I do. I, I want to help businesses grow, and most business owners are not equipped with understanding how to grow meaning how to improve your cash flow, which is really the only thing that matters. In your bio, you mentioned this thing called the accountant's trap. Tell me about the accountant's trap. Yeah, so the accountant's trap is sort of our mantra here at the CFO Project. The idea is that we believe most accountants are in a trap and that they're stuck doing compliance or transactional work for low fees with high de- for high-demanding clients, and they're working a ton, they're not really getting paid all that much because in order to get paid more, you have to either work more hours or take on more clients. At the same time, you can't raise your fees for compliance or transactional work because there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of software that's, that's trying to take over a lot of it, a lot of what accountants and bookkeepers do. And there's, you know, an AI and everything else. Um, you can't really raise your fees. And so this is a trap. It's a trap because we believe that accountants and bookkeepers have a lot to offer, um, but there's a way to to escape this trap. And in our view, the way to escape this trap is use your knowledge, just much like I did back in the, the when I was helping those other people. Use your background in numbers and understanding the financials 
and then use that to help the business owner grow, which is the one thing that they really care about. Because think about it, a laundry list of things that business owners have to think about, accounting and bookkeeping falls to the bottom. It's a necessary evil. They don't really want to think about it. But what if you as the accountant can be the person that that business owner trusts with helping them make decisions? And all of a sudden, your value or your stock with that, your client is going to go from the least to the most important thing. And so therefore, you will be able to charge more for it. And you'll be able to escape this proverbial accountant's trap. Because now you're charging for your value, not your time. Is that primarily a, a, a customer selection issue in my, in your view? I mean, if you you're not going to be able to do that with a bunch of customers who only want the compliance work, or at least perceived to only want the the uh, the, the compliance work. Yeah, maybe, uh, but in in our experience, most business owners want insights. They want somebody that they can trust to guide them towards having a growing, successful business. They also want account, you know, they know they need the accounting side. They know they need the compliance and transactional stuff. That, that's a given. They need that. But they crave that same person to give them insights. Like, all right, you, you understand the data. You understand the financials. You just tell me what I need to do about it to have a better business. You just give me the bottom line and help me figure it out. Instead of what most accountants do is they'll, they'll close the books or they do the tax and say, here you go. Here's your tax return. Here's your books, I've done my job. And the business owner doesn't really, I mean, accounting, we have to, we have to face the facts. Accounting reports are, are the PL balance sheet, statement of cash flows are made for accountants. They're accounting reports. They're not business managerial reports. I mean, the, literally the PL starts with revenue. Well, what, what drives revenue? Where are things like leaves, conversion rate, retention rate, purchase frequency rate, average purchase value, things like that that drive revenue. They're not on those reports. And so how can business owners really make decisions to grow their business where they don't really understand the data? But imagine if you as the accountant can be the person that understands the data and can guide them towards having a growing and successful business, then then you'll be able to escape what we call that accountant's trap. The reason why I say it's a, a customer selection issue is that the, I've always equated it this way, is that you can't be McDonald's and Ruth Chris. I agree with you. Um, so if, if, if you are just doing work that is just the compliance stuff, that's the McDonald's. Yep. You can make a profitable business doing that if you do it the right way. Obviously, McDonald's is pretty, <laughs> pretty profitable. But, the, the, but if, you want, if you want Ruth's Chris, you can't, you can't have but one firm that serves both of those customers because one customer is going to be disappointed. Either the McDonald's customer who's looking for the Ruth's Chris uh, experience or the Ruth's Chris uh, uh, customer who's now looking for a McDonald's price. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a valid point. And we've, we've seen three different structures of firms once they once they've sort of escaped this accountant's trap. The first structure is where they're trying to where the the accountant bookkeeper wants to do a really good job being an accountant bookkeeper. In your analogy, the McDonald's, but they want to enhance it. They want to separate themselves from all the competitors out there by also providing advisory with their accounting and bookkeeping. And they they are usually less than you know four people in their firm, and they they want to do that. They want to have a really good firm. The second that really good compliance and transactional firm. Um, the second type of structure that we normally see is, is the accountant, the accounting practice owner wants to, or bookkeeping practice owner wants to 
offer advisory services and they'll delegate the compliance and transactional work to somebody on their team or, or outsource it all together. And that works really well. And it, you know, of course, there's a lot more logistics in that because you got to train up a team. Uh, the third structure we see, which we see this a lot, uh, is especially after tax season, is accountants saying, I can't go through another tax season again. I want to completely get out of that and start an advisory firm where I'm a sought after, highly sought after advisor to businesses. And then they are kind of, in your analogy, the roots, Chris. I mean, we, th- th- there's no right way. It really depends on what you want to do uh, for your business. But at the end of the day, you've got to sell something that your clients want. And what they really want is advice, guidance on growing a, grow, growing a successful business. And by the way, success... I was going to say, success is defined in two ways. One, however, your client defines success. Every business owner on earth defines success a different way. So I wanted their business to be able to give them more time off. So I want to be able to grow. So I want to be able to buy a large house or send their kids to college. Uh, it depends. We got to figure that out from your client. The second way is we as financial people define success as a business that's consistently growing positive cash flow that consistently has positive cash flows. And so we've got to do both of those definitions of success in order to be an advisor. And Adam, we have an exit question we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? Okay, so that's a really good question. There's a, there's a lot of heroes out there. Uh, this, this hero um, is a, in the business context is somebody I've never met, obviously, uh, Sam Walton, founder of uh, Walmart. Uh, and I read his autobiography that... He didn't finish um, at the end because he died at the end and his son finished, but it was a very inspiring book. And the one thing that I got from his story was that he, he decided to be a, to, to take the, uh, using his entrepreneurial background, his entrepreneurial drive, he decided to take matters in his own hands. In other words, he's in his twenties, he started a five and he bought a five and dime franchise and he opened it up in a particular location that he leased. The owner that, that owned the property knew how well Sam was doing in his franchise and his, in his retail store. And so he did not renew Sam's lease. He gave it to the lease instead to the son, his owner, the owner of the, the property's son, to give him a job. Well, of course, the son, not being entrepreneurial, not having that drive, failed. And Sam said, never again. I'm not going to put my eggs in somebody else's basket. I'm going to start my own business. And that's when he actually uh, opened up the, what's now known as you know, Walmart, our very first store. I thought it was inspiring. The whole book was inspiring. I recommend it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, I think it's his only autobiography. Uh, and lastly, Adam, how can somebody contact you? Uh, the CFOproject.com is our website. My email address is adam at the cfoproject.com. Feel free to check it out or email me. All right. And you ha- there's an offer for some, for some free educational resources, which we'll put in the show notes. Adam Lean, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Ed. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.